Welcome to the Factory Youth Podcast. This is a weekly teaching podcast from the Factory Youth at Calvary Chapel, Vera Beach. Um, we're in week two of a series called Check Yes or No. Oh yeah. And uh, what are we talking about? Relationships, somebody. All right. We're talking about relationships. And uh, really last week we kicked off part one of the yeses and the noes of dating is kind of what we talked about. And we began by looking at how a date should begin. Does anybody remember what I said, how a date should begin? Yeah. Come on. A follower of Jesus asks another follower of Jesus out on a date. Pretty simple, right? Hey, I follow Jesus. It probably wouldn't go like this. People are too awkward for it to go like this, but um, I'm believing you. Hey, I follow Jesus. I've been seeing by your life that you follow Jesus as well. Would you like to go on a date with me? And then they say, hey, I've noticed you've been following. This is just a made-up situation. There's no way it would happen, but I do have hope for you. They say, yes, I've been saying you've been following Jesus. Let's give this thing a shot. So we talked last week about um, uh, part one of dating. Tonight we're going to look at part two of the yeses and nos of dating and talk about what happens after someone has asked another person out on a date. So you've said yes, you've gone on a date, and we'll fast forward a little bit. Let's say you're dating or more specifically your boyfriend and girlfriend. So what happens next? How do we manage or how do we deal with this? Now, um, before we jump in, I just want to say that I recognize that all of us are on uh, varying levels of the dating spectrum, right? Some of us are like, girls, ew, no thank you. Um, Some of us are like, "Ah, one day. Some of you guys um, are in a relationship and some of you have been in relationships. So we're all over the place. So wherever we find ourselves, one, it's never late to start, never too late to start doing it right. Okay, so that, that's, that's one of my encouragements. It's never too late to start doing it right. And then secondly, it's always a good idea to have this kind of stuff in your back pocket. Right? So I think if you're not dating or you're thinking this is a long way off for me, I would encourage you to take extra notes. Because then when the time comes, you can be like, wait a second, what did I learn? How do I apply this? And things like that. So wherever we're at, I think this applies for all of us. Now, our theme verse is 1 Corinthians 13, 11, and it reads this way. It says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, and I thought as a child. That makes sense, right? When I was a child, I behaved like a child. But when I became a man or an adult... I put away childish things. And one of the things we're trying to do is talk about how to do mature Christian relationships. We don't want to be kids. We don't want to be children. We want to put away childish things, and we want to do things in maturity and in respect and in the way that God wants us to do them. So in that, we're going to begin answering this question. How do we know if we're ready to date? So we're going to kind of rewind a little bit because I know we're going to talk about specifics about dating. But maybe that, that's a question you've asked. How do I know if I'm ready to date? Now, some of you guys have parents and families that are very involved in your life. And they've set up sort of checkpoints for you. 
They said, at this age, you're going to get a phone. At this age, you're going to get a job. At this age, you're going to get a car. At this age, you're going to, right? And then you'll be able to date and things like that. That's kind of how it was for me. It was 15. I could get a phone. My first phone was a flip phone. It was a Razor, if you guys know what that is. Very cool throwback phone. Um, and then uh, second checkpoint was a job. So I could pay for car insurance and gas. And then once I had a car and a phone and gas in my car and car insurance, then I was like, okay, you can date. So it was around 16 that my parents were like, all right, we're, we're on board with that. Others of you guys don't have that sort of um, uh, uh, covering, if you will. Some of you come from uh, families and parents that are, like to put it bluntly, very disinterested in your life. Right? They're, they're, they're like, do you, you do whatever you're going to do. And so you have no, like, oversight. And so what I want to do for all of us is to give us our own checkpoints that would allow for us to assess, okay, are we ready to pursue relationships, all right? Three quick things. How do I know if I'm ready to date? Number one, you are a maturing Christian. Number one, you are a maturing Christian. Now, I use my words specifically because no one is a perfect Christian, the Bible says that God will continue to work in us until the day of Christ Jesus. In other words, we're always in process. We're always on the journey. Even like my, me up here or Pastor Jim next door, we're, we're in process. No one's perfect. God's still working in us. And so one of the, the big signs of somebody that's following Jesus is they are actually developing and maturing in their relationship with God. And so the question that you might ask yourself is, am I growing, am I maturing in my relationship with God? Maybe there's areas of sin that we once struggled with that I now find myself in victory over. You're maturing. Maybe there's emotions and reactions that you found yourself kind of constantly bubbling up inside you, and you've noticed, actually, those things have settled down a little bit. Maybe before you couldn't get yourself to pray in any moment, and now you find yourself praying throughout the day. Maybe you're like, I never open my Bible. It's too confusing. It's too complex. And now you find yourself, I'm opening up God's word and reading it. Those are signs that you're maturing. You're growing in your relationship with God. And a sign that says, okay, am I ready to in, like, enter into dating? I would say, are you a maturing Christian? Are you growing in your relationship with God? The second thing, if, if you want to know if you're ready to date, is that you do friendships well. You do friendships well. Good relationships stem from good friendships. That goes to who you date as well. You should start as friends and then stay friends as long as you can. I think that's a, like a good sort of framework of, of who you're going to start dating. You should start as friends, and then you should stay friends as long as you can. Like Because sometimes, I'm sure some of you have experienced this, like you start dating, and it gets weird. Like life was way better when we were just friends. <laughs> and so there, there's, there's wisdom in staying simply friends. But a sign that you're ready to date is that you do friendships well. Like, like do you know how to be a good friend? I think everybody wants friends. <laughs> Nobody wants to be a friend. What I mean by that is, is you're the person that, that reaches out 
You're the one that is consistent. You're the one that invites them to do things. I think we all want to be invited. We all want to be the one that's, that, that gets invited. But what if we were the people that invited someone or, or, or looked for opportunity to invest in relationships? So a sign that, okay, maybe you're ready for a romantic relationship is that you do friendships well. And then number three, is this making sense? All right, number three, you are a healthy individual. You're a healthy individual. In other words, you're complete without another person. Dating is not about finding your other half. Okay, that, that, that's ridiculous thinking. If you're looking for someone else because you feel like you're missing something, you probably aren't ready. Because you, you are simply bringing your own issues into a relationship. Two broken people don't make a whole. It makes twice as much brokenness. Okay? When you get a broken person and you take another broken person and you put them together, it's not like two cracked hearts that fit perfectly together. Two broken people create twice as much brokenness. And so sometimes we think like, oh, man, I just need somebody because they'll complete me. They'll make my life have meaning and purpose. And what you find is when broken people get together, there's twice as much brokenness. So what I'm saying is that you find yourself content in Christ. You find yourself, I am, I am content in Christ. I'm growing in my relationship with God. I'm doing friendships well. I'm maturing, all of that. I think those are good checkpoints to say, okay, maybe I'm ready to invest into a romantic relationship. So let's say you are ready to date. Let's say like, okay, I'm there. Or maybe you skip some steps and you are dating, but I want to start doing things right. How should dating be then sustained? So someone's asked, someone said yes, now you're dating. How do we date in a way that's healthy and that glorifies God? A couple hopefully practical things. Number one is we should be going in the same direction. Okay, now I'm talking to people that have begun a relationship, right? You're texting back and forth, and no longer is it just like, I wonder what's going on. There's like expectation. They're going to text me every day. Right, like we're in a relationship. We've we've gone out. Our parents are cool with it, or, or and we're we're boyfriend and girlfriend, or whatever it is you call yourselves. So then, what does that look like? Well, you should be going in the same direction. Listen to this. This is Second Corinthians chapter six. It says, "Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness?" And what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Belial? Belial would be a false god that the, the Corinthian church would know about or an idol. What part has a believer with an unbeliever? It's a series of questions. Now, let me say this. Christians should be equally yoked to unbelievers. I'm going to say that again. Christians should be equally yoked to unbelievers, meaning we absolutely should have relations with people that believe different than us. One of the problems in, that tends to happen is, as maturing Christians is we find ourselves only around mature Christians. And as you grow in your relationship with God, you actually have more resources and more uh, uh, experience and more faith to then reach people that are not believers. And yet we sort of only then surround ourselves with Christians. 
And so it's important as followers of Jesus that we have people around us that maybe believe different than us so that we can be a witness to them. We should have those relationships. But listen, intimate relationships should be reserved for those going in the same direction. Something that ends and should end a relationship is going in two different directions. Amos chapter 3 verse 3 says this, can two walk together unless they're in agreement? The other day, I, I, I think, was it you and me? I think it was me and Hannah. We were driving down the road, and there was two people walking on either side of the road in unison, looking like they were together. Like it looked like they were talking to each other, like on opposite sides of the street. We're like, what are they? Like, we're like, are they together? I, I can't tell. It was so, it was like, yeah, I'm good. How about you? And they were, it was like the weirdest situation. Whatever the case, you, you can't walk together unless you're in agreement on where you're going. Right? Like if you and I got in the car and you wanted to go to, let's say, Sonic, and I wanted to go to Chick-fil-A, and we get in the car, and I'm driving, and I pull out, and I start going west on 60, you'd be like, you're going the wrong direction. And I would say, no, I'm not. I'm going the right direction. And you're like, Sonic's behind you. I'm not going to Sonic. I'm going to Chick-fil-A. So we, wouldn't, we couldn't be in the same car because we would want to go to different destinations. Are you with me? And dating someone or being in a relationship with somebody that's not a follower of Jesus is like doing the exact same thing, only bigger. Because it's not about dinner, it's about your life. Right? So it's getting in the same car and it's saying we're going two totally different directions and we're expected to walk together in unity. So it's important that we recognize that if I'm going to date someone, that if we're dating, we're going in the same direction. Relationships are sustained when we're all in agreement and we're going the same way. Now, we don't need to know the final destination, right? We don't need to have all of the answers. We don't need to know, like, where we're going to live or how much we're going to make or all of that stuff. God tends to answer those questions as we pursue him. But it is important that we recognize that at the end of the day, my, my primary focus, my chief aim is Jesus and living pleasing to him. So we're going in the same direction. Secondly, how should it be sustained? We'll point to don't be physical for as long as you can. Don't be physical for as long as you can. Now, I'll explain myself, but the book of Song of Songs or Song of Solomon says this. I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem, by the uh, gazelles or by the does of the field, do not stir up nor awaken love until it pleases. It's important. It says do not stir up nor awaken love until it pleases. Sexual intimacy is a good thing designed by God to be enjoyed in the context of marriage. But outside of marriage, it's harmful. And there are boundaries that God has set up for our protection and for our pleasure. But a good thing in the wrong place can become a bad thing. Now, sometimes we think that the solution to difficulty in relationships is, is being physical. Or we think that the only way we can really express how we feel about someone is through being physical. 
And there is great wisdom in not being physical and holding things off as long as you can. Kissing, (laughs) snuggling, falling asleep on the couch together. These are things that we should hold off on as long as we can. Right now, I'm not trying to be like legalistic or or like creating, like if kissing is a sin, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that there's great wisdom in being very slow in those progressions. Do not stir or awaken love before it's time. And sometimes, especially being physical in relationships, stirs things up that shouldn't be stirred up. You with me? That it causes things to happen both mentally and physically that shouldn't be happening yet. But then we also need to recognize that there's some things only for marriage. The, the, the deepest level of intimacy is designed for marriage. And anything in that realm is designed for marriage. Well, it's not technically in that realm, okay? And if you're like, well, how far is too far? If you're a guy, come ask me. If you're a girl, ask your small group leader. And if you don't feel comfortable saying it, it's probably too far. All right, let's leave it at that. The way you show love is by doing what honors the other person. Love is expressed in the highest form in honoring and respecting the person you're dating. So so recognizing that sometimes we feel like, I don't know how to express how I'm feeling. Because, like, sometimes feelings happen and they happen sooner and quicker than we anticipated. Right? Like, oh my gosh, I really, really like this person. How do I express how much I like them? And how, how do I express that I want to be there for them? And sometimes that falls into the trap of the only way I feel like I can do it is by taking things too far. Can I tell you the highest way, listen to me, the highest way you can show love to someone is by doing what honors and respects them. By doing what God has instructed us to do, to trust his word and his ways above our own feelings and emotions. And saying that doing things God's way is the highest way, the highest form of love that you can show someone is through doing what honors and respects them. Okay? So let me tell you, ladies especially, if guys are trying to push the line with you, recognize that they are not showing you love or honor. They're they're not doing, you think, oh, well, they're showing me attention. They're giving me attention. They're showing me affection. They must love you. It's the opposite. If they're pushing things too far, they don't love you. Because if they did love you, they would honor you and they would respect you. Okay? And guys, listen to me. You shouldn't push or or try to go too far. You want to show honor and love. And listen, you want to protect your own uh, uh, self in relationship with God, because it ta- the Bible talks about that, that intimacy doesn't just affect you physically, it actually affects you on the deepest part of who you are. The Bible says that, that it, it says abstain from lustly desires that war against your soul. Okay, so don't be physical for as long as you can. That'll be as, as serious as I get, okay? Whew, everyone exhale. We're good, we're good, we're good. You have to inhale first, but then exhale. All right. Number three on how should dating be sustained. Number one was go in the same direction. Number two, don't be physical for as long as you can. Number three, build on a foundation of friendship 
and enjoy one another. Okay, how should a dating relationship be sustained? Well, you should, you should build on a foundation of friendship and enjoy one another. It is far too common for people in dating relationships to be too serious and be miserable. <laughs> when you're dating, especially early on, it should be fun. You should enjoy one another's company. And there should be an easiness to it. I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with, with young people about how miserable they are in a dating relationship. And I just want to be like, it doesn't have to be. <laughs> Don't pretend you're married when you're dating. When you get married, there will be plenty of time to be married. Don't play or pretend adult. <laughs> Build on the foundation of friendship and enjoy one another. All right. Does that make sense? Is this helpful? Are you guys still with me? Okay. I just want to be helpful. I'm not trying to like stir pots or anything like that. I just want to give helpful resources to you that you can apply to your life so that you can have healthy Christian relationships. Amen? Okay. Second thought tonight. Um, really, I guess it's third. How should the dating period end? How should dating end? Somebody saw my points. Let's throw it up there with a ring. Point number one. How should dating end? And it should end with, oh gosh, with a ring. <laughs> now, listen to me. Dates don't stop when, you're, when you get married. You don't stop going on dates when you get married. But the season of your life does, right? Like the dating season. So, we date with a purpose, we shouldn't just be playing the field or having casual fun. That's what children do. We put away childish things, and so we're doing it with a goal in mind. Right? The goal, listen to me, should be communicated. Now, not in a creepy way. Right? Like, not in a creepy way. Don't, don't like, I would warn against maybe two things. One, like on your first date, being like, I'm going to marry you. Little creepy. The second thing I would very be weary of and warn against is either you saying or someone saying to you that God told me I was going to marry you. I would just stay away from that. Um, usually what I have seen is the same people that say God told me we were going to get married use the same card God told me to break up with you in the same relationship. And I'm like, well, did God change his mind? Oh, God misspoke? Oh, that wasn't meant for you? I don't think so. So I would just be very, 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 let's go three varies, weary of anybody that uses that card, okay? Um, so, but all of that to say, uh, the goal and the direction should be communicated. We want to be honest. We want to be direct, to quote Kelly from The Office, Daryl is the most complicated man I've ever met. I mean, who says exactly what they're thinking? What kind of game is that? And I think there, there is wisdom in communicating clearly, not playing games, not being complicated, but expressing, hey, this is, this is my intent, or my intent. I'm not, just, I'm not just looking to goof around or whatever. I, I, know that I'm, I want you to know that I'm serious. 
And so how do we know then if they're the one, right? If we're going to go, okay, the next step is a ring. How do we know if they're the one? We'll put a pen in that. We'll talk about that in a few weeks, all right? How do we know if they're the one? That's going to be a fun week. Hannah and I are going to teach it together. So it'll be fun. All right. Um, How does the dating period end? Number one, with a ring. Or number two, by breaking up. Right? How does the dating period end? It either ends with a ring, you're getting married, happily ever after, or two, by breaking up. Now, the problem with dating, and I will address this, the problem with dating is that it does teach people that when things are difficult or annoying, you just end it. I'm sure that's why divorce rates are higher since the turn of the century when dating became a thing. Remember we talked last week about the the beginning of dating? When you follow the statistics, percentage-wise, up until around the turn of the century when people began dating, it would vary the divorce rates by like point something percent, like 0.1-ish percent. In that time, it's accelerated all the way up to the highest, I think was in the 80s, and it was like over 60% of marriages ended in divorce. Now it's sort of mellowed out. It's around 40% of marriages ended in divorce. But before dating, it was like 0.05% of marriages ended in divorce. It's pretty crazy, right? And there's an element that this whole philosophy, it doesn't seem like it's working, <laughs> Maybe the arranged marriage thing was better. I'm just kidding. I don't know. I wasn't around in like the 600s. Anyways. Um, but so there is an element of like as soon as things get difficult, we break up, whatever. But I think the other side of this is that the fear of breaking up has caused people that shouldn't be together or shouldn't have gotten married get married. So, how to break up? Break up should be communicated clearly, right? It's not like, did we just break up? I don't know. It should be communicated clearly. And unlike how I think relationships should start, I think breakups should happen in person, right? I know I gave a hot take last week about how I think you can ask somebody out on a date via text. Um, And listen, it should allow in some way for friendships around it to remain. I've been very impressed, like over the years in youth ministry, especially in more recent years, the ability that people that have like dated and broken up have able to maintain some level of of fringe relationships or like just like whatever that word is, relationships, but then also even being able to continue to go to church and things like that. I think that is how you break up in a healthy way, that you can still show up to church and grow together and you want the best for each other. Because remember, we're dating mature Christians, and we are maturing Christians. We're not just whatever. All right. Last question, and we'll close. Has this been good? Okay. Last question. How come I can't find a date? How come I can't find a date? (laughs) That was actually my fourth point, so thank you. I'm just kidding. Um, Number one, uh, how come you can't find a date? You're trying too hard. You're trying too hard. Trying too hard can feel like desperation or, listen, it can look like bad reputation. What I mean by that is sometimes the 
on and off again or dating around and things like that can be, it's obviously becomes known and it makes it difficult to find a good relationship. So stop trying so hard. Just be yourself, right? Just be yourself. Walk with Jesus. Serve in church. Sing in worship. <laughs> pay attention uh, during the study. Work hard, right? Just, just be yourself and things like that. The second, the second reason why you can't find a date is because maybe you're not trying hard enough. Maybe you're not trying hard enough. Let me give you some tips. Love God. Take a shower. <laughs> get a job. Go to the gym. Eat healthy. Be nice. Have some hobbies, right? Make yourself interesting. Sometimes you're like, oh, I can't. Nobody likes me. Nobody's interested in me. It's like, well... Why would they be interested in you? <laughs> right? Just, just all I'm saying is be nice, have some hobbies, take a shower. It's not that, not that complicated. All right, final thing. Here, I'm done. Final thing. Up here. <laughs> final thing. The timing isn't right. Okay, wh why, why can't I find a date? Well, it's because the timing isn't right. Trust God. Listen to me. Trust God and do what he's called you to do. Because, like I said last week, the right places or the right place always leads to the right people. And the right people will allow for the right person. Okay? So the right place always leads to the right people. And the right people will allow for the right person. So trust God's timing. Do what God wants you to do. Be a maturing Christian. Continue to allow him to change you and grow you into the person he wants you to be. Do what's, whatever's in front of you faithfully. Be a good friend. Be the best friend you possibly can be. And in that, in friendships, you might find relationships. Okay? So, so be content with where you're at. I think our culture has done a terrible job of making it feel like that single people are like second-class people. Like, your life will really begin once you are dating. And, like, look at your friends. They're so much cooler than you because they go on dates and somebody texts them all the time. And look how happy they are. And one of the things that we need to understand is that actually um, being single biblically is actually a blessing. In fact, the Apostle Paul says uh, it's better for you to be single. There's no, there's no but or anything. It's just it's better for you to be single. Um, and so I think it's important that we allow God to do what he's going to do. All right, quick recap, and we'll close. And worship team, you guys can come up here as I, um, or do you think we should just go to group? I'm looking at you. Okay, we're not going to do a worship song. We'll just go to group. So I'm just going to wrap up. Um, how do you know if you're ready to date, right? You're a maturing Christian. You're doing friendships well, and you're, you're, you're an individual. You're good on your own. And then if you're in the dating season or if you're moving towards that dating season, what does that look like? Well, make sure you're heading in the same direction. Make sure that you guys both get in the car and you're like, we are not going to Sonic. That is ridiculous. We're going to Chick-fil-A, right? <laughs> There's only one option. Okay, so you're going to Chick-fil-A. Um, you're going in the right direction. And then I know I was serious. I'm going to say it again. Don't be physical for as long as you can. And there's certain, when I say as long as you can, there's certain aspects that are absolutely off limits unless you're married. Right? So that, that's not like a, the, the timeline for that is, I now pronounce you husband and wife. Right? That's the timeline for that. 
For the other things, be friends. Keep things like just very casual for as long as you can. And then uh, third with how should you sustain dating. Do you guys remember? I don't want to look at my notes. Keep physical as long as you can. And then uh, foundation of friendship and enjoy one another. Thanks, Finley. Shout out, Finley. Um, foundation of friendship, right? That's where it should start. And you guys should enjoy. If you're dating, you should like each other, right? If you're dating, you should like each other. That's my whole point. All right, good night, everybody. If you're dating, you should like each other. <laughs> if you don't like each other, you shouldn't be dating. Period. All right. And then uh, how should it end? By getting married or by breaking up? And then if you can't uh, find a date, I gave you some really helpful, helpful tips. All right. Let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you for your grace. We thank you that you care about all aspects of our lives. And, Lord, I, I thank you that we can, we can talk about real things. Lord, we don't want to just talk about, uh, like, concepts. We want to talk about real concrete things that we live and apply to our life. And so as a, like this concept of dating and relationships, Jesus, we want to, we want to do what honors you. We want you to bless our life and our relationships. And God, we thank you that although it's not like a, it's not like a, where we're tricking you into blessing, where if we do all the right things, then you have to bless us. But no, we're recognizing that if we put ourselves what, under what you bless, we will find your blessings. And so we want to put yourself under your blessings. And um, so help us to do that. And Lord, as we go to groups and we discuss these things, God, would you apply them to our life? Would you help us to um, communicate and be bold, even in our questions and our answers, and uh, that you would help us practically walk with you and serve you? We love you. In Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen. Amen.